once heard a story um, that in this town, uh, there, happened, there was a, uh, a boot factory. And in this town that had this boot factory, you would see day in and day out all kind of activity at this boot factory. Over the course of a day, you would see, or over the course of a week or a month, you would see trucks and trucks of the finest Italian leather coming in and out, coming in full and out empty. You would see them coming in with um, the, the best twine, the best, the best kind of like stitching material as possible coming in and out. Full truck coming in, empty truck going out. The best rubber that makes the best soles of boots would be coming in full and out empty. Over and over, over the course of over weeks and then months, you would see this happen every single day in this boot factory. You could see people were running around and there was some kind of activity happening at this boot factory. You would see the smokestacks had, they had all of this smoke kind of going out because of the mills and everything else, like just operating and running all the machinery. That there, You could hear the activity in this boot factory. And at the end of the day, at the end of the quarter, they sat down, they were looking at their, their numbers, and they realized they had produced zero boots. Would we define that as a successful factory? I hope you say no. <laughs> but they got the best material. Doesn't matter. They got the best, they, got, they had people and they had activity. Doesn't matter. It's what they produce that's, that determined if it was a successful factory or a failure. And ultimately, that factory won't stay open very long. I think the, the analogy, um, the reason why I think it's apt for us today, is because there's a very, in, in a bleak world, and depending on how you look at the church's stance today in the world, sometimes we could think that that sounds like the Catholic Church. Week in and week out. Material coming in. Confessionals being open and, and the material of sin being dropped off and leaving empty. We come in to the church and we, we're devout and we're focused and it's great and it's awesome. There's activity, there's parking that's always a problem all the time at every church. Especially when you're going to leave and the person cuts you off, right? But sometimes people can say, that what are we, somebody, some people rightfully can ask, what is it that we are producing? At the end of the day, what is it that has changed the world or changed the culture that we have come to Mass to do? I, I oftentimes mention this kind of in passing, but today I want to focus in on it. That oftentimes we can think of the Mass and we can think of all these different moments in Mass as being times whenever our faithful are active. You all are active in Mass. Now, the priest has a little bit different role, right? We stand as a priest, as a mediator between God and man. That's why oftentimes in Mass, you'll see me, whenever uh, my hands are extended, I'm not talking to you. That's why I'm not looking at you. Just if you're ever wondering, if it looks like I'm kind of focused on something else, it's because it's not a conversation between us. It's a prayer between God and His people. So my role in the Mass, in the church, is meant to be a bridge 
So oftentimes I've asked this question, and some people may know it already, but when are the two most active moments for the lay faithful in Mass? Spoiler alert, they're the two times where we're usually most distracted. The first will happen in a few minutes during the offertory. After the homily, after we, we, we give all of our intentions to God, after we, we say what it is that we as a community are praying for, and the moment whenever the gifts, the collection is being passed, the gifts are being prepared and brought up. Those gifts are symbolic. They're symbolic of all of the, the struggles, all of the graces, all of the goods, all of the bads, all of the crosses, and all of the joys for you since the last week, or since the last time you've been at church. It's meant to be a gift. Lord, I give everything to you. That At the hands of the priest, it would be consecrated and offered as a prayer to God. The second most active moment for, the lay, people, for lay people at Mass, and this is the one I really want to focus on, is the very end is the last words of the Mass that we hear. The Mass is ended. Go. Go and proclaim the Gospel of the Lord. Go. Get out. Not kicking you out. But what we have received, let it change you, and now go produce the fruit. Now go change the world. In a lot of ways, every time we come to Mass, it's a little Pentecost. If we, if we know the story of Pentecost, that all of the disciples after Jesus' passion and death and resurrection, after all of this Christ event has taken place, they find themselves huddled and hiding in a room and scared, wondering if they're next. And when the Holy Spirit anoints the people, when the Holy Spirit goes to each one of the disciples as a flame on their head, as you can see on our St. Jude statue in the back, as the Holy Spirit descends upon the people, they are filled with the Holy Spirit and they burst out of that room and are released onto the world. And the invasion is on for the Gospel to meet the people that need to hear it. In the same way, when we leave Mass, the go is that invitation all over again. That we are called to go and to proclaim the gospel of the Lord. I know in today in our gospel, and, and I struggle with this sometimes, because when I, do, when I have done that well, a lot of times I want to be recognized for it. Like, Father, look, like, like, look at what I did. Or, or hey, like, check, like, look, I've been walking with this person and they're doing so good. We can sometimes these result like you have this kind of result kind of like this result complex in our mind, right? Like, look, I can prove to what I've done. I can do really, really well. I, look, see the results. I want to brag about it, post it on social media or something like that. But in in a particular way, today our gospel attacks that idea of pride. That when we do what it is that is the mission of the church, when we go when we share the gospel, when we proclaim the faith, that Jesus says, if we try and brag, we're nothing but useless servants. Because you've only done what the church has asked. So you've only done what your master 
has commanded of you. We are called, very simply, to go and make disciples. It's the final words that Jesus gives to us as a church before He ascends to heaven. It's the final words that Jesus gives, the final command that Jesus gives to His disciples is that we are called to go and to make disciples of the Lord. To produce, if you will, the good, the, the, the raw material, produce the, the material that the church produces. That are followers and those that's followers that are on fire with the love of God. Today, as we come to this Mass, we are coming so that we can be transformed. We're coming so that when we are sent, that, that that witness that the world sees is authentic and real, and not just a show. Today, as we come to this Mass, we're coming so that we can grow in our holiness. Because that's the expectation that the Father puts on us. That's the expectation that it is to live as a Christian and to be holy. In a just a final word, there was a there was an anecdote that I find is really really apt to this gospel. There was a uh, there was a Cartesian monastery that was having some work done, and as the as they were having this expansion built onto this monastery, the construction crew was there, or it was an old Cartesian monastery. They were doing some renovations and they were expanding. And as they did that, the construction crew was setting a foundation and they realized they hit an old grave that was unmarked. So when they hit the grave, they, they pulled the casket out and the casket opened at one point. And they saw that the Cartesian monk that was in it was incorrupt. So, kind of shocked, they found the nearest Cartesian monastery. They called and they said, hey, we just uncovered a body. What do we do? And they said, bury him. He said, yeah, but he's incorrupt, so he must have been holy. The monk on the other side of the line paused for a moment and with all seriousness said, yeah, holiness is, he probably was holy, but holiness was an expectation. Bury the body. Today when we come, is holiness the expectation that we seek? Is the, is the, the task that we see for Christians to go? and to make disciples, to authentically and boldly and proudly proclaim the faith that we believe. May today we not be just these useless servants, unprofitable servants, who take pride in just doing what God has asked, but may we be disciples that are on fire with the love of the Father.